and welcome to another episode of the Bay Care Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz, and I'll be your host for this episode. We're joined today by Dr. Jack Leschke, neurosurgeon with Bay Care Clinic Neurological Surgeons, to talk about innovations in brain and spine treatments and the impact these new procedures have. Dr. Leschke, thanks for joining us today. No problem. Happy to be here. I want to start by getting to know you a little bit more. Could you tell us a little bit more about you and your background and then the care that you provide? Yes, I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm a Wisconsin native, grew up in Oshkosh. I've been part of BayCare for a year and a half. I was at the University of Minnesota in the Medical College of Wisconsin and just really trying to do the right thing for patients in the community and uh, Green Bay and, and beyond. Excellent. And you talked about it a little bit, but what exactly are you treating? So what types of procedures do you routinely do? Yeah, I, I would say probably one of the biggest reasons that I like neurosurgery is is we take care of a lot of different things. It does end up being a lot of spine care that includes the cervical spine and the neck and the low back. Um, but we can take care of anything from head bleeds to brain tumors to peripheral nerve tumors to problems with the, the brain stem and, and kind of everything um, on both ends of that spectrum. And so we're we're really just trying to, um, I would say, treat pathology. You know, the, as I was thinking about this podcast, the pathology that we're dealing with hasn't really changed over the course of human history, right? I mean, people have had disc herniations. People have had brain tumors. We're just trying to do more and more and get better and better at, at what's been done for for quite a long time now. Yeah, and that's uh, you bring up a great point there. That's what we're talking about is sort of some of the advancements in your industry and the work that you do. Uh, so I do want to get into some of that. Um, talk about, in general, maybe some of those changes that, that the industry has witnessed over time. Yeah, I, I would just say the, the overall philosophy is trying to do the same job, um, kind of trying to do more with less, or at least the same with less. And that includes um, a lot of the time just just trying to get to the source of the problem, get to the pathology in a, in a more um, tolerable way, in a less destructive way. And it's nothing to, it's nothing to be overly um, critical of kind of the way things have been done in the past, but it's kind of the exciting thing about moving into the future is if you can if you can accomplish the same goals but but have a smaller incision, have a lot quicker recovery, these things are going to be uh, really appreciated by patients and, and have a meaningful impact longer term. Right, absolutely. And um, one of the, 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 I guess, buzzwords, if you will, if people are hearing this, these terms, minimally invasive spine surgery or MIS or something like that, can you talk a little bit about mm -hmm. what is meant by that uh, and what people might be hearing? Yeah, there are there are kind of a lot of buzzwords, and you always have to be careful with buzzwords and 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 um, kind of the presumed implications of these terms. But I've I've really become a a believer in this technology, and it's you know we're not we're not completely reinventing the wheel with this technology. I would say these are these are devices and techniques that help us get to the area where there's a problem. Um, in a more efficient, less invasive way. So for the spine, for example, instead of 
big incisions where we have to release a lot of muscle and cut through a lot of muscle, we can use small tubes that are two centimeters or less and get and dilate the muscle as opposed to cut it. And you go right down through the muscle and then you end up at the same location where maybe there's a disc herniation or maybe there's some pressure on the nerves and you're able to, um, you're able to then perform the surgery that's typically done after a, after the passageway to get there has been made much less burdensome. So that's from a spine standpoint, that's fantastic, especially for those more moderate procedures like discs and laminectomies. When you get to the fusion standpoint, you can, you can be doing something very similar. I mean, if you can, if you can get down to the level of the disc and clear the disc and do a fusion where you clear the, clear the material and put an inner body spacer in and put screws in from the back in a, in a way where people can, can completely bounce, get, bounce back compared to where they have been historically. That's, that's just a win-win for the patients and, and um, and this technology just continues to to expand with time as as we understand it more and more. Mm-hmm. And you and I have spoken before, and you've actually just sort of mentioned it too here in our conversation today. But uh, it's really these are surgeries and, and procedures that you have been doing, and your colleagues have been doing, um, you know, f- for a long time. But it's really the approach that's different. So um, when you're talking about that, can you can you describe a little bit more about what is different in the approach as far as maybe from traditional procedures? Yeah. I mean, the, um, that's the right word for it. I mean, the approach is designed to be, um, to be as the least burdensome possible to the patient. So instead of, a, especially as you get, as, you know, being around Wisconsin, as we have a, uh, um, a lot of hardworking people, a lot of kind of more muscular guys, for example, or a little extra, a little extra meat on the bones in the winter. You know, there you might have to make a large incision to get down to the bone in the back. Well, if you can do it through 15, 18, 20 millimeters, you know, a, a little less than two centimeters and be looking down a tubular retractor and have minimal risk of infection, essentially zero risk of infection and totally stabilizing from a spine standpoint of less need for pain medications, less need for staying in the hospital, um, returning to work faster. It's kind of a, um, it is all about the approach. If you put it in those terms, the, if you can, if you can curtail how burdensome the approach is, well, then, then you can see all the benefit on the other end. And, and so from an MIS standpoint, MIS spine standpoint, that's, that's really what we're, we're working toward. It's kind of tweaking of existing technology to, to, um, to get a better result. Mm-hmm. And, and, People and, and others might be considering this sort of new, but as you've mentioned before, it's, a, it's in fact a very proven method. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of the procedures and sort of what that means in terms of your practice and, and what um, you can provide? Yeah, I would say that this has been, you know, there's there's generational differences in, in care and 
And, you know, there's always healthy academic discussions and, and there are, um, there are people that, that would, will prefer to do the bigger open procedures and there. And that's, that is always worth considering. But when we're, um, when we're, when we're thinking about the evolution of, of MIS spine, it's definitely been mainstream well over 10 years. And there are centers where this is, where fellows are being trained and then these technologies are making their way all up, all around the country, but especially, especially the, the tubular retractors, the lateral spine fusions, these things aren't anything close to experimental. They're being, they're being um, placed into, into the workflows of very experienced knowledgeable spine surgeons all over the country. And um, for me, I was trained on, both and it's kind of organically just become a um, an inc- uh, increasingly significant part of my own practice just because I really think it's the right thing to do for patients um, all else being considered equally it's uh, it feels really good like I've said to you before that if I can if I can offer something small and I can tell patients from my experience that people bounce back, quite well after these operations, um, it becomes less of a, much less of an undertaking even psychologically for a patient to think about surgery. Well, then we have, we have other things up our sleeve down the road if they were to need that, but most often that's not actually required. So, um, that's kind of, that, that's kind of the, the idea. And then when you, and then from another technological standpoint, if you're, if you're, mixing these approaches with the actual, some actual technology and you have what we call stealth navigation. And so you can use computers to essentially have a GPS help you make sure you're placing screws safely. And then you're monitoring the nerves in these cases. And you should see these operating rooms. It's, it's like a, it's like a, the command module for the, for the space shuttle. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of computers, there's a lot of TV screens and, but it's all aimed at safety and getting people to to um, to bounce back. Absolutely, and um, I want to reiterate again, sort of what that means for patients. Um, you know, if this is an option for them, and we'll get into those details later about you know who makes a good candidate and and those types of things. But what does it actually mean for patients if they can take advantage of something like this? What does that mean in terms of recovery and in terms of their healing? Yeah, well, um, you know, everyone's Everyone's a little bit different, and to be clear, there's it's not every case and every pathology and every patient that can be done from a minimally invasive spine standpoint. But it is significant percentage, and there's been um, there have been uh, studies showing that that up to seventy percent of cases have the ability to be done this way in the country, and and uh, so if you need a if you need a huge Fusion for a major deformity, you know, this isn't going to be the kind of technology to use in those situations. But, but before that, there's a there's a lot of great options. Even if you need spinal fusions, even if you need stability, even if you have major slippage of the bone, you know, a spondylolisthesis, um, and then everything before that. So patients can can definitely expect, and it's been shown in the literature that that you're that you that you bounce back quicker, that you have less need for pain medication, that that you can get out of the hospital faster, 
And, you know, we're always telling people you'll, you'll, you'll need to have three months of, uh, in your mind as like from a, from a purely medical science standpoint, you know, if you, if you look at the, the molecular healing, it will take at least three months, but functionally four to six weeks, people are feeling really back to really pretty much back to normal. Sometimes it's much sooner than that. Even we check on folks at two weeks uh, to mostly look at incisions. And, and a lot of times people are feeling pretty good at that stage too. So I, um, every patient's a little different, and if it's a straightforward disc, it might not be might not be a whole lot different than the traditional surgery. But with the added benefits we talked about, um, to me, it's kind of a it's kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, as you mentioned previously, you know, as a neurosurgeon, you're obviously treating a variety of head, neck, and back conditions. Um, we're talking specifically about spine in this case, but does the minimally invasive technique trickle into any of those other procedures as well? Yeah, there's a few things to, to be said, and, and you know, my interest and and uh, trajectory is to keep using as much of these technologies as I can uh, if I think they're useful to help patients, and if I think that we can we can do them safely and and appropriately and there's a you know there's a time and a place for for all of these things and sometimes if something is extremely rare it's best to be done at an academic center but something that I brought to the area and to and to Baker is uh, endoscopic surgery for the for the brain and then that's literally driving a camera through a small sheath into the into the ventricles of the brain and most of the time that's used to treat things like hydrocephalus but it can also be used to tumors, sometimes things like collard cysts, and and it's the same idea. The the old school way to treat these problems was a big craniotomy. That means a big, that means literally shaving all your hair. That means that means a big incision across your head. That means a craniotomy, which is literally drilling into your skull and taking the bone flap off. Well, these kinds of surgeries in the brain can be done with it with about an inch, inch and a half long incision and a tiny little drilling of the, of the bone and then passing this thin camera and the sheath into the, into the space using that same stealth navigation. That's the GPS I'm talking about where you see it on the screen. And so you can be extra safe about it getting down to the area you need to go to, um, where then you watch the TV screen and see, uh, directly what you're dealing with. So it's kind of, it's kind of that same, like you said about the approach, it's a it's a technology to give to with a safer, easier, faster, less invasive approach to then uh, deal with a, a well-established problem. Wow, I mean, it's just incredible to think that 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 can be done. So uh, you mentioned it previously, also, but I want to you know reiterate too. Is everyone a candidate for minimally invasive procedures, or are there instances when a more traditional approach is necessary? I would say that that a majority of patients are, but 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 the minimally invasive surgery is really kind of a zoomed in approach. You know, you're using the microscope, you're you're um, you're down at the uh, kind of a more granular level. Uh, sometimes. If you're doing a redo surgery, if there's a lot of scar, or if it's a bigger operation at times, you need kind of that more global bird's eye view. 
So um, those those cases, um, you know, it's a it's a case by case basis where we're deciding this. So we don't want to we don't want to just be uh, one trick pony. You know, I th- I think that that's the nice thing about my team. I mean, in, you know, in our group, you know, we're 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 not just um, we're not just a hammer looking for a nail. You know, we want these to be thoughtful choices for patients and and uh, a lot more and more uh, people are fitting into these minimally invasive categories but um, but uh, but everyone's different so we'll we just um, take it one you know one case at a time mm-hmm. and definitely weigh all the options so yeah, yeah uh, for sure I want to pivot a little bit and talk about maybe from the patient standpoint some of the um, you know, expectations that they may have, you know, when they come in to see you. So um, you have mentioned this before as well, but, you know, brain, back, spine surgery or surgery in general is usually not something to be taken lightly. And um, it can be a scary proposition for a lot of patients. So what do you tell your patients about these advancements and how these treatments have sort of changed from what they might be more familiar with in the past? Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think people come in with all kinds of preconceived notions about what surgery is and what spine surgery is, and I definitely I definitely I mean I've never been in their shoes, but I I understand that as much as I can that that you don't want to have surgery if you don't have to, and you don't want to take any risk with your health if you don't have to. But you know, it, there's also a major conversation and trade-off with these situations because sometimes sometimes people need to to be reminded by a neutral party maybe their surgeon I guess I don't know how neutral I am but an outside an outside party at least that hey your life is really significantly affected here I mean sometimes they come to my office and it's like well I can't sleep I can't do any of the activities I like doing I you know, I'm miserable. I'm I'm going downhill even with my basic activity like walking. I like to think about what I would do in people's shoes when I when I talk to them in clinic. It's like if I was in that situation, you might start getting to the point where you try just about anything, let alone a uh, an intervention that's well established and low risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh- I'm just wondering from your perspective, maybe in general, you know, what that conversation is like with your patients and, and what is their reaction when you tell them that these options are available? I know you've talked about it before, but what are maybe some of your favorite yeah. instances? Yeah, there's definitely, I, I mean, I had a big clinic today and um, people come in thinking they're going to need a spinal fusion. And sometimes they say, hey, I've got a friend or family member that didn't do so well with that. And um, and they're really relieved when we talk about something less invasive, you know. And and that's a, that's just kind of a philosophy of mine in general, or whether or not we're doing minimally invasive or not. But when I can when I can say, hey, yeah, this is a big deal, but it's not quite as big of a deal as you were conceptualizing it. Um, you can see their yeah, you can see their relief, and that's I think that's part of my job is to give give people a chance help people feel reassured with with something you know we are, it's always a joint decision i do i do make a point to tell patients um 
you know, this is a conversation. We're not making decisions about surgery purely based on an MRI scan. You know, it's got to be your whole story. And, um, and then the added caveat of like, hey, you can really bounce back here with minimal risk. I let, I mean, low risk, high reward is, is, is what I'm looking for. If, if patients are doing okay and they're getting by and they tell me their favorite thing is golf and they can still play 18 holes a couple of times a week, I'm like, I'm not rushing you into surgery regardless of the technique. But if their goal is to get to a, I mean, I've had patients who needed to have surgery quickly to walk their, walk with their, um, son, it was a mom walking her with her son at their wedding, you know, it's like, if you can help someone like that bounce back quickly to, to be at those major life events, it's kind of, it kind of makes it worthwhile, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. So if I am a patient who wants to explore more about these minimally invasive procedures, or maybe I'm dealing with some of the same issues that, that you've just described, what should my uh, course of action be? Yeah, I would, we, we really are striving to have an open door policy and, and, and just in general with care of, of any patient with a neurosurgical problem or otherwise. We, I personally take a lot of pride in just um, in being able to talk through talk through the the problem or the thing that's worrying you. You know, a lot of times these days people get an MRI result and they read the results and they're anxious about what that means. But but we want to. We're happy to talk to you. We we like trying to get people in quickly and um, we're we're growing and, and striving to keep doing that more and more. My understanding is that if you talk to your primary provider or any other provider you're working with uh, to make a referral where we, um, I personally review all of those cases and, and uh, we'll, we'll do everything we can to, to get you in and, and help you, help you understand uh, the options and, and, and hopefully we can help. That's fantastic. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Dr. Lashke? No, I, I think um, I think just reemphasizing the um, the overview of what we we're talking about. This pathology it doesn't change, but but we're getting a little more slick at at handling it. We're doing minimally invasive spine for routine surgeries like discs and laminectomies. We're helping it be less destructive for bigger fusions in the spine. We're using things like computers to make sure we're being as safe as possible for stealth and screw placement in the spine. There's, there's, there's stealth um, navigation and brain surgery, and then there's endoscopic like we've talked about. There's a whole horizon of technology that we didn't talk about because it's, it's, um, it's, it is, it is on the horizon, but, but robots and things are, um, are around the corner as well. And all these things are aimed to help patients recover and get back to their lives, their quality of life, and, um, and keep them safe. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Dr. Leske. We appreciate you giving us the time. You're welcome. Happy to talk anytime. Again, Dr. Jack Leske is a neurosurgeon with Baycare Clinic Neurological Surgeons. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the Baycare Clinic podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and stay tuned for more episodes.